Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh, honey. Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um, well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, Sunshine. <laughs> Geico, because saving 15 percent or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, and welcome to Rock the Next Stage with Dory Staley, where you will be hearing 30 minutes of tips, musings, and motivation for the music community. I'm Dory, and I'm a mentor for serious musicians and singers. My mission is to help them make an impact and a solid income. I specialize in young, talented Christian artists, but I've worked with many others. Now, joining me today is young Jason D'Amico from the Chapel Hill, Pittsboro area in North Carolina. Jason and I go way back, and we're going to be talking about DIY recording tips. Jason, are you there? Yeah, Dory, how you doing? Good, thanks. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. Good deal. So now, Jason, you and I go back quite a ways, and just so the listeners know, uh, Jason was on the show about a year ago, actually, in September. I think it was September 17th, and you were talking about different ways to break out in the industry and creating multiple streams of income and things like that. So that was very cool. People can tune into that one if they want more info. But, yeah, I'm trying to remember how old you were when I booked you first. I think you were 15. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, I think it was after the uh, – what was that? There was a battle of the band. I remember the band name even. That was was before that. Yep, you were with Red Sauce, I think it was Red called. Red Sauce, and yeah. That was, yeah. 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 All, it was, all uh, those, all you, those ridiculous middle school names that, um, <laughs> you know, right, best but, to, And now he's the ripe old age of 23. And let me give him yeah. the listeners a little background so that they know, even though you're very young, and I always say this whenever a, I book you for a festival or whatever. Don't let his age fool you, folks. He's been around on the music scene for quite some time. Tremendalist, a singer-songwriter, producer, performer, actor, and a Carolina Music Awards winner. He's also been nominated in different categories many times for that event. He also won the Triangle Blues Society Solo Blues Challenge in 2014. Jason has toured the East Coast with his band, Jason D'Amico and the New Blue, and he has performed at such venues as the House of Blues in Myrtle Beach, the Orange County Choppers in New York, Thornton Arena in Raleigh, and many other festivals and venues with some pretty big names as well. He has many originals and different styles, has several great videos, and he's going to be appearing very soon in the movie The Believers. And we'll be talking about all of that in a bit. So, Jason, why don't you tell everyone how old you were when you first started playing? Well, you sat I started behind the drum playing, at what age? Yeah, I started playing drums at four, and piano was at two, and I didn't really like piano. So I, my parents got me on the drum set and 
started taking lessons in 98 and took lessons all the way up to 2008. So about 10 years at 2112 with Merritt Partridge and a few others along the way, but Merritt was my main teacher. And um, picked up guitar at around nine or 10 and really didn't get into guitar heavy until about late teen years because I'll spare of a lot of details, but I, I ended up uh, picking up a, a disease called Giardia, which is one out of 225,000 people in America get per year. It's incredibly rare odds. Um, and you, the only way you can really get it is from drinking dirty water or going outside of the country and, you know, being exposed to some mm -hmm. stuff. So I didn't do either of those things. The doctors still have no idea how I got it. But that was back in that day, and I was learning. I was very sick, lost 30 pounds in a month, couldn't drive, couldn't eat, was depressed, anxious, whole nine yards. So the only way I could really cope during that time for two or three years, even after I, was, after I got the medication and the diagnosis proper for that, was through blues. So I just basically played guitar all day i couldn't i couldn't even go to college i had a hundred thousand dollar scholarship for musical theater at william peace university wow. and i couldn't go i was I, I i even i couldn't even go senior year in high school so i had to finish at home and you know it was basically just totally immersed in in blues guitar playing for you know three or four years at that time well, and then as no, I know. As, yeah go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, say like, vocally, first... yeah, vocally, I've been singing for, uh, you know, a long time and had, had many teachers and everything. So uh, that that was early on as well, you know, so it's kind of all of it. Very cool. Now, when I first met you, you were playing drums, an awesome drummer, by the way, folks. And then you, when you switched over to guitar, I went, whoa, where did that come from? Dang. <laughs> and I often tell people that if you close your eyes, it sounds just like Stevie Ray Vaughan. So there you go. So, yeah, you honed your guitar chops very quickly. And then you started playing professionally at what age? Uh, 13, because that, at least as, as a drummer, I was I was playing in bands and uh, playing all over the triangle, you know, and, and was doing jazz gigs in high school. And, uh, so pretty, yeah, pretty much around 13. And then as far as a front man around 16, 17, when I started Jason Amico trio, and then it turned into eventually Jason Amico and the new blue. So yeah, you know, about doing it about 10 years now, professionally, whatever that means, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> and, and well, and that's really cool, too, because of the fact that you have played so many different styles of music with so many different people. That makes you really, really versatile. And whenever different things come up, I have to remember, oh, yeah, he can do that. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it helps to be, uh, to be experienced in many different genres. Yeah, it, it's a it's a high maintenance lifestyle. Unfortunately, there's a lot of a lot of trimming, a lot of keeping up, you know, and, and a lot, just, it's just high maintenance. So, but it's, <laughs> it's pretty rewarding in the end, you know, especially when, uh, you, you're kind of in this place of producing and mixing and 
and that that's in there as well. You know, besides performing, it, it's just and it's all very relevant. It's all it's all very similar, even though it's very different at the same time. Exactly. So let's talk about the recording a little bit. You've managed to create multiple streams of income, and recording is one of them. So did you set up a recording booth at home, or is it a a whole room or a basement, or what's your setup like? Well, it started out as an unfinished basement space back – well, actually, let me go back further, and I'll I'll try and keep it brief. I started on a four-track – which I highly recommend anybody starts with because it's, and mine of course was digital because it was 2000, whatever, six at the time. So, you know, they had the, they had the digital ones. It wasn't like I was on tape, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, but that's just the way it goes. So, uh, keep laughing. I still have one of those. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just started, start before that it was like cassette or whatever, but, uh, started doing that. And I think I was just always, I had a proclivity towards sound. I mean, I'll, I'll, and I'll keep this story really short. I had an eye injury when I was 14. I was almost blinded in my right eye with a fishing accident. And I had about six months of recovery time. And then I eventually had surgery. So it was this really, really weird time. Uh, and I was basically bed bedridden or, you know, convalescing for six months so all i could really do was listen to music and after that happened uh my ears opened up in a way that i noticed it because when i listened to music i was always listening to the drums but then i started after that happened i don't know if it just opened up my brain or something and it because i was i became disabled basically in one eye um, my ears opened up or what, something happened and I started hearing everything at once instead of just the drummer, you know, I was hearing things on police records that I was, I was, you know, now I was listening to the whole thing instead of just Stuart Copeland. So, um, anyway, back to, so back to, you know, that, that really sparked recording as far as like, Oh, this is really interesting. Still had no idea what I was doing. Uh, got my first pro tools rig. Around that year, I guess 14, 15, right, right after that, as a freshman in high school, I got Pro Tools 8 in 2008. And, uh, yeah, you know, kept working, kept documenting, still didn't know what I was doing, still don't know what I'm doing, but I do know a lot more of what not to do now, which is cool, uh, <laughs> you know. But, ba- I mean, basically, yeah, it started in a, in a basement, unfinished basement and now it's finished and and it's now i'm running pro tools 12 and yeah so it's basically in road cases now i'm able to record pretty much remotely anywhere and the studio goes with me if i'm in new york or down here so that's that's kind of my history with it you could say um i had an internship for a year at manifold recording which is a 10 million dollar facility out here in chatham county under chief engineer ian schreier and uh, that was a life-changing, life-changing experience. He was actually one of the founders of Osceola uh, way, way back. So That's totally right. life-changing. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah, and not to take anything away from the big studios that are out there. We've got a you know, few here in the Raleigh area and elsewhere. There's 
something for everyone out there to meet different budgets. Not everybody can afford to go for a big uh, professionally done, mixed, mastered, produced, you know, by a famous producer kind of thing. A lot of people these days are recording their own uh, CDs and they're even working with people across the country. I've had some guests that have done that. And for you especially, because, folks, he plays every single instrument on his CDs in addition to recording them. So it must make it a whole lot easier for you, and you're also on the road a lot, so I get it. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Cool. Now, maybe you can tell everyone some of the essential items that someone would need just starting out if they wanted to uh, start a home studio. Well, in this day and age, there's there's many options. Uh, the first thing, obviously, is uh, a DAW, which is a digital audio workspace, and you can pick one of your choice. I personally, I grew up on Pro Tools, so uh, it's kind of hard to really go any other route but that software. Uh, I've heard great things about Logic. I've never, I've personally never used it. Um, Pro Tools is just, especially when you're tracking your own instruments, it's it's way more of a diverse medium for tracking and for mixing than I think any other platform. People will disagree with me. That's fine. But a majority of people will agree with me. So th- this is just coming from years of, of working it and, and realizing, hey, you know, uh, when it comes down to versatility and, and the most options, Pro Tools is, is probably your best bet, especially if you're in a, a rock, blues, jazz, um, basically organic, organic created sound, you know, tracking the parts yourself. Um, it's probably the best bet to go. I, so I'd recommend Pro Tools first. Uh, obviously the next step is just get educated on gear and really self-education is the absolute best thing you can do. Learn from the best, know what you like, know what you don't like, be, 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 be available for change with yourself. Don't, you know, sit there and know what you like right now, but know that that is going to change at some point you go through cycles. So, um, and with that, uh, again, gear, essentials, you know, obviously have a good DAW like Pro Tools. Um, get a very good interface that clocks well. And by that, clocking is essentially your sample rate. And you guys can, I'm not going to give you all this information here, but just you can Google sample rate. You can YouTube sample rate. You know, just there, all this material is online. Uh and then obviously after the interface, you know, no, no, again, no good gear, no, no mics and, uh, you know, amps and just that's, that's as far as the technical side of it, that's basically where to start, you know, have a good monitoring system, you know, have have some decent headphones, uh, but obviously, from a production side, from producing, that's a whole other story. But as far as having a, a, a grid to work on, that is essential, you know, having some decent gear. You don't need the best gear to make a really good single or record, um, but you do have to have the tools, you know, 
to, to make it happen. You have to have some sort of tools in right. the toolbox to work. Gotcha. Now, we were talking about mistakes earlier, and you and I have heard some pretty bad demos, I'm sure. <laughs> I know I have. Um, what do you have to be aware of when they're recording? How can they avoid some typical mistakes? Well, I mean, it depends on what you're doing because, you know, demos are very important as far as, like, scratch tracks and and putting ideas together, uh, you know. So, I mean, some of the best, the most resourceful tools are done on an iPhone. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna diss demos at all. As far as trying to improve your demos, if you do have a studio setup, again, self education. Uh, you know, how are you miking things? You know, are things in phase? Uh, just just basic basic stuff like that. I mean, how do you mic a drum set? You know, there's there's hundreds of ways to mic a drum set, but you know, are you doing it in a way that's gonna make sure you're you're cap you're capturing what you want to capture, um, and really, I mean, demo again. I'll, I'll go back to the song. Do you have a good song? You know, do you have a good artist? Do you have a good uh, arrangement? You know, these these are all things that go into it even before it hits your your digital audio workspace or your tape, like. Are you tracking something that should be tracked? You know, so that that's another that's a whole but that's a whole other thing, and I can't get into too much of that right. in this in this. But that's you know that's another thing. Cool. All right. So as I mentioned before, when you're recording your own music, you're taking care of every instrument. Is that more or less challenging than recording a full band? Um. Probably more, obviously. I, there's there's aspects that are probably less because from a from a communications point of view, it's obviously less because I'm not talking to anybody. So that's you know that that's that's a whole nother can of worms. But yeah, I mean you got to be able to play the parts and you got to be able to make decisions and be a hundred steps ahead of yourself. So I I love it. I hate it at the same time. I mean, it, it's very <laughs> aggravating as well, but I ultimately, for, for the type of music that I want to do and the stuff, the problem is I hear it all in my head, so I know exactly what mm-hmm. I want. And uh, if I can't play something, then I'll work on it. And I'll get it to where, you know, at least I don't have to really make a a compromise. I don't like making compromises, so... If there's something that I can't physically play, then I will. I just either I won't play it or I'll wait until I can, and I'll keep practicing to to build up speed or what you know whatever it is. But again, if you don't have a good song, it's it, it's at the end of the discussion. So I focus on the song, <laughs> and then I try to you know tape everything around that. Right, and songwriting is another discussion for another time, right? Right, and and as you and but and and that's the thing that I want to keep the the thread here is if you don't have a good song, all of this is irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't have a good piece of art that's going to move people without the recording, because the recording is just documenting that, you know. And then there's like a thousand different ways to document it and mix it. Um, 
I, I just keep I just want to push that out there because I think it's a really, really important point that not enough producers and mixers talk about, you know. Right. Exactly. Well, let's cue up your tune here. I'm going to play a little bit of No More Tears to Cry, give you an idea of what Jason's sound is like. So hang on one second. Starting there we go. Your picture on the screen Takes me back to that summer When we was just 17 Lord knows I gotta keep my faith Looking up to that big night sky To pray Yeah Lord knows I got no more tears to cry for you. It hurts me just as much as it doesn't for you. Cause even if I tried, Lord knows I got no more tears to cry for you. everyone where to find that tune and many more on Jason's website in a bit. So awesome. So that one came out a, a little while ago, right? With a video that was very cool. Yeah, that came out uh, last year, last summer. So it's been out for probably about a year. And yeah, was, the video had a nomination at the Carolina Music Awards this uh, actually, past weekend, so that was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, all, all available on on YouTube and the website, JasonDomico.com, and Jason D'Amico, it pops right up, so it's all out there. Awesome. So now you have so many things going on these days. Let's <laughs> see if we could run through it here real quick. You've got an upcoming show at the Rock Harbor Grill this Friday, right? That's in the Fuquay Arena. My next yeah, we have two. Yeah, we've got two. We've got one on uh, this Friday, and then I think one two weeks later on the 25th at Rock Harbor because it's just such a great venue, and we we love David over there, and he's he's just a fantastic entrepreneur and and business owner and restaurant owner, mm-hmm. you know. So he's great fantastic. And no cover. So there we go. <laughs> It's great. And it's great. About, cool. Let's talk about your movie coming out, The Believers. You're having a screening for that on the 27th at the Rialto Theater in Raleigh, right? Yeah, we're doing a screening, and there's going to be more post-production after that. We just wanted the post-production work after this screening, cool. so that'll that'll be really, really beneficial for the film. Awesome. I know, Craig. Now, did you do all of the music for the film, some of the music, or what? I did 
Well, I I was basically the music producer on all of the original content except for two songs. And I think we have like eight, seven or eight. So, uh, yeah, about, you know, about two thirds of it are, are all from New Blue Studios, you know, and and what we do over here. And we've got originals that I've written that are in the film. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's been it's been pretty much over here. Cool. Now, I don't want to give away too much of the story, but I will give people a little hint. It's music-related. Can I say that? <laughs> uh, I didn't hear that. What was that? I said I don't want to give away too much of the plot, but can I say that it's a music-related film? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff I can't give away because it's just that kind of plot, but... I've argued, I've, I've, and this is just my own opinion and it's biased because, you know, I'm heavily involved in the project, but I think this is probably one of the best, like, no budget films ever created uh, internationally. That I'll go out on a limb and say that. Um, And what's your character's name? Because he also acts in the film. Yeah, my my character is Steve Daryl, who is uh, the the name that I go by in the film is Pumpkin. It's a and you'll understand why if you go see it. But it's that's the nickname is Pumpkin. I I play Pumpkin. So <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, let me. I'm gonna open up the lines because I see uh, we've got a, some callers here. So I'll, I'll open up the lines now to see if anybody has any questions. Nope. Okay. I nope, lost him. All righty there. Well, I guess not. Yeah. Well, do you have any – there we are. And we're back. <laughs> do you have any tips or parting thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners, Jason? Yeah. Um, well, I'll get this out of the way first, and I'll, I'll give you kind of my last two cents. So just social media in general, go to jasondomico.com. All the links are there on the top right corner, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Medium, all of those, all of those icons are there. Click on them, give us a like, give us a follow. We'll follow you back. Uh, as far as two cents into the pot, you know, just just if you don't love this stuff, don't even bother. You know, it's like if if you're not obsessed with it, like I am, and you're not thinking about it constantly, and it's and it consumes your life, I, I just don't don't it it don't cause don't give yourself more aggravation than you need. <laughs> you have you have to you have to really love this stuff to 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 do it. And it's it's an amazing amazing journey as far as you know having something in your head and being able to execute it through song, through recording, through mixing, and through full presentation and eventually live. So it's. The recorded music industry is not easy. It's very difficult. There's high top competition. And, you know, if you have the talent, though, and you have the tenacity and you have the the gut instinct and you're willing to make a lot of mistakes but keep moving forward, then then go for it. Because I'm 
basically just talking to myself. <laughs> well, you know, and actually that's one thing I look for when someone approaches me for mentoring or management. Not only, well, obviously they have to have an awful lot of talent. I mean, I've got to see at least the potentials if they're not all the way there, but they need to be close, number one. But they also need to show that they've got some passion because I want to make sure that, like you said, they have the, the ability to stick it out and to keep working at it because it doesn't happen overnight. So, yeah, you definitely have to. How serious are you? <laughs> That's why I sometimes ask people, how much do you want it? And that determines how far we go as far as the different opportunities and things like that that I will pursue. So last call, callers, anybody have any questions? Wait a little bit. Don't hear anything. Okay, cool. Well, let me tell everybody again where they can find you and me. I'll spell it out here. You can go to Jason D'Amico, D as in David, A-M as in Mary, I-C-O dot com. I'm at rockthenextstage.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to shoot me an email, Dory, D-O-R-I, at rockthenextstage.com. As always, folks, if you need anything, I offer a complimentary 30-minute call, so you can shoot me an email. We can set that up to see what you need and if I can help you in any way. And if I can't, I've got people, <laughs> lots of people. You can find my book on Amazon, which is called Find Your Divine Rhythm, A Creative Success Formula. It has loads of tips for the creative uh, type, whether you're an artist or a musician. But musicians, I took it 20 million steps further and gave you a special comprehensive six-week video training program that I just released called the Musician Success Formula. Go to my website and click the tab. You will hear more about that. It's extremely low cost. It's a special intro offer that I'm throwing out there with a pay-it-forward Component. Everyone who purchases a program helps support and sponsor an at-risk youth for one of the many camps that I'm involved in. I do the therapeutic drumming component. Uh, you know, when you're stressed out and you need clarity, nothing beats whacking on a drum, right? <laughs> so there we go. So, alrighty, Jason, thank you so much again for joining me and doing this and sharing your insight and information about recording. So folks can at least get an, an idea of what's involved and what they need. I'm going to close out with your tune. No more tears to cry once again. Till next time, folks. I'll be back Wednesday at 1 p.m. with another exciting episode. I have another artist waiting in the wings that would love to share her story, so tune in for that. Until then, make sure that you keep on rocking. There you go. Bye for now. I see your picture on the screen. Takes me back to that summer when we was just seventeen. Lord knows I gotta keep my faith Looking up to that big night sky to pray Yeah Lord knows 
Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to Geico could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay. Judges? That's true, Kevin. They'll allow it. Congratulations. You're a winner. Woo! Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer.